Dear police officers of Reddit, have you ever responded to a call for paranormal reasons? My dad served for 25 years. One night he gets a call from a woman who says her neighbor has made a pact with the devil. The woman calling is about 35 and a religious wacko. The neighbor called about is about 75 at the time. My dad went over and knocked on the door. And the old lady answers. All happy. Nice place decorated the same way for the past 50 years. She invites my dad in without even asking why he came. Makes him some coffee. And asks how his day was. Naturally at this point my dad is wondering what the heck the call was about. But it came clear soon. At some point my dad realizes he isn't the only person she is talking to. And that she thinks her apartment is full of people. My dad thanks her for the coffee and she tells him to come back. Anytime. The whole time she was talking he was writing down the names of the people she was talking to. And does some research on her when he gets back. Turns out she was talking to family members who were all dead. She had a daughter, three sons, a brother and a husband, all dead. And she had no family and no friends. She hadn't spoken to another person in years. Her groceries were delivered and she rarely left her apartment. Over the next 19 years my dad took care of her. My sister and I came over all the time and just sat and talked with her. She even taught me how to cook. Over the years she stabilized and stopped talking to her dead relatives. She just needed people to live with. She actually lived till she was 94 and died in the guest room of my parents house since it had become harder to take care of her from a distance as she got closer to the end. She was like a grandma for us. My uncle was the sheriff of a small town in New Mexico. He was a the most hardcore person in our family. Super straight-laced. Never really beast and wasn't at all a joker. So when he told this story backed up by my aunt we all believed it without question. A local reporter named Bob D. would always show up at any major police activity from the police scanner. Big car wrecks, fires, anything worth maybe. Reporting in the local paper. Everybody on the force knew Bob D. He was around at least once or twice a week at various police activities. Bob was a bit of a joker himself. He would mess with people by flicking behind their ears. People would react to the flicks thinking it was a bug only to turn around and see it was Bob jerking around. Everybody liked Bob. Unfortunately, Bob had bad lung cancer and died pretty suddenly. His wife buried him against his wishes. He wanted to be cremated. For the next couple of weeks, after his funeral, people kept talking about seeing Bob at car wrecks, fires, all the same stuff he used to report on. There were 20-30 reports like this from civilians and members of the force. My uncle didn't buy it. Until the night he and my aunt showed up at our house, gun, drawn, pale as paper, we asked him what the hell happened, and he had to sit down, take his breath, compose himself and start to outline what happened. Note this is a guy that I, never saw get rattled, by anything, he said, my aunt and he were sitting on the couch in their, house watching TV, my uncle kept scratching at his ear, over and over, finally my aunt asked him what the problem was and he turned around just in time to see their bedroom door open, Bob, D, standing there in the doorway, clear as day, my uncle jumped up, cussed or something, got my aunt's attention who turned to see him there too, as soon as they both made eye, contact with him, Bob smiled, turned, walked across the living room and out their front door, closed the door behind himself and was gone. My uncle got control of himself and ran outside, gun drawn, looking for Bob, but he was gone. At that point they ran over to our place. We went over there and didn't see anything but my aunt and uncle stayed at our place that night. At work the next day, all the guys on the force were giving my uncle lots of we told you so, 
People around town said they saw Bob D. show up at police scenes for at least another two three months. My dad saw him in our darkroom in our basement with a friend. He was flicking their ears in the dark. During the third month people that saw him kept saying he was looking worse and worse. My uncle saw him two more times. Each time confirming he was looking more and more worn. My dad had concluded that he was decomposing and his ghost was reflecting that process. Every time my ear itches, I get goosebumps. My dad was a cop for 32 years. This was one of his craziest calls. A call goes out for reported screaming it's mid-January. Important later my father and another office respond to find a known deranged individual very long rap sheet and has been in and out of psychiatric care for years sitting on the front porch, holding a double-sided wood splitting axe. Steam is coming up off the, the grass and there are chunks lying all over the lawn. Upon interviewing the suspect he admits that he and a friend were playing poker. The suspect was losing nearly every hand and came to the conclusion that his friend was a hate southern for ghost and was cheating him. The suspect grabbed the axe and chased his friend outside and hacked him into dozens of pieces thus causing the warm blood to create steam on the grass. My dad tells the suspect that he needs to get in the police car because it's haint proof. He said the suspect dropped the axe and sprinted to get in the back seat while thanking them for helping him. A guy calls, around 1.30 am, claims several people are running around his yard blowing slide whistles. Can't see anything, just, keeps hearing it. Sounds odd, but maybe kids are being kids. On my way when the dispatcher says the guy called back, says it may be radio interference causing the hidden transmitters in, the house to make noise. What? So I get there, and this guy is clearly just a little crazy. Tells me, about how ADT put recorders in his house and his neighbors are running around making this noise and he's losing sleep and so on and so on. I am mentally dismissing this whole thing and, beginning to try placating him when I hear it, warp, from outside, to my right, a sound I'd never heard before. Definitely not a bird, I visibly react, and he goes you heard IT, I says yeah, I sure did, he's extremely relieved, thanking god he's not crazy, I ask a few questions and hear it again, warp, this time, more to the left I ask if he's had problems with his, neighbors and he launches into a tirade about how people have always been out to get him because, despite the authenticity of this noise, the fella is still a bit unhinged, as I am talking to him, warp warp warp, the whole time, from the left, then behind, right, right again, left every 20 to 60 seconds, so I tell him I'll check outside, he's worried for my safety, but I assure him I'll be okay. I set off into the darkness, in rural Missouri, to investigate a, fleeting noise I've never heard before, I am going slow, shining my light around, off to my right, I am telling myself I am being silly, ghosts aliens monsters none of that is real, straight ahead, in, the darkness, I am in the backyard now, looking towards the wood line when, Rip sounding like it was about 4 feet behind me, I scan around, hand on the butt of my pistol, feeling equal measures, freaked out and stupid, I catch movement on the roof, scan upward, pistol half drawn, I hear it one more time rip, spinning lazily, every time the wind breezed, duck, I am stupid. Worked as a police officer in a small town in rural Nebraska, back in the 90s, I was patrolling through town in winter, we, had several abandoned houses in town. But one seemed to have the attraction of copper thieves, so we were told to keep an eye on it, drove by it around 7p, since it sat on a corner lot, I had, a clear view of all four sides of the house, as I drove around the corner, nothing looks out of the ordinary, about two hours later I drive by again and the back door is wide open, I know, that the back door was not open when I drove by it earlier, looking at the snow on the ground around the house, there were no footprints, so I think what the hell, call dispatch. Tell them I am investigating an open door at that address and ask for a county sheriff to start my way. I walk to the open door, pull out my flashlight and shine it inside. The house has, obviously been gutted for the most part. The plaster walls have been torn down, 
debris piles everywhere, since there were no footprints in the snow around the door other than mine, and, with all the dust on the floor not showing any footprints, I chalk it up to the wind or maybe the door just opened on its own. I was about to secure the door when I heard a loud thump come, from upstairs and what sounded like kids laughing. So I enter the house and yell out police department, come downstairs, more of what sounds like kids playing, I tell dispatch that it, sounds like there are kids in the house and start making my way through the kitchen into the living room where the stairs are, all the while cautiously checking the main floor. Two more, times I hear something upstairs. But since I've had no response, I start thinking maybe it's an animal. Still, I hear what I'd swear was kids laughing. I head upstairs and it all gets quiet. The upstairs is relatively small with a hallway at the top of the stairs that is one bedroom on the right, one straight ahead at the end of the hall, and a bedroom on the left as I get to the top of the stairs. I hear a thump in the bedroom to the left. I carefully peek around the door and it's an empty room with a small pile of plaster and wood debris in the middle. No kidding, sitting on top of the pile of debris was a page torn out of a child's book with a picture of a police officer on it. The hair stood up on the back of my neck. I got out of that room, quickly cleared the other rooms upstairs and got the duck out of there. Told dispatch nobody was in the house, locked the back door and never went back in there again. When I was in high school, the days before cell phones were common, my friends were to come over to pick me up from my house one night. We had made plans at school for them to pick me up at 7 p.m. At 6, my parents said I had to come with them to do something, and I totally forgot to call my friends and tell them. They came to my house at 7 p.m. and called the house phone. No, one answered. There was four of them in the car. They all told us the exact same story. They said that they were about to pull out of my driveway, but they saw someone peek through the blinds from the bedroom on the top floor right. That was my room. So they assumed that I was ducking around. Five more times, they said that someone would peek through the blinds and a couple of them said they even saw the person's eyes. We got home at probably 7.10, 7.15, and they were still in our driveway. One of my friends came over and said they thought I was messing with them. Then they asked me, so, who's staying in your room? I told them that no one. So they asked, who's home at your house right now? Again, I told them, no one. Their stone-cold faces then told me what they had seen repeatedly over the last 15 minutes. At first, we all thought, there was a burglar in the house or something. So we called the cops. They came over and inspected the house. There was zero signs of break-in. Nothing was touched and nothing was stolen. Our house had an alarm on it, so there is no way someone could have come into the house without setting off the alarm. My family, my friends, and the cop all kind of stood around for a few minutes, trying to make sense of the situation. My friends swore up and down and still do that they couldn't have imagined what they saw. All four of them saw the same things. And it wasn't particularly a dark night so their eyes wouldn't be playing tricks on them. To this day, none of us can make sense of the situation. I know, this isn't what the threat asked, but it is quite relevant. And I wanted to share this explainable thing that happened in my life. The cop also played a pretty big role, because he too was dumbfounded. At first he thought my friends were ducking around, but there was no joy in their face throughout the entire thing. They were confused and at times, terrified. Called to a residence out in the boonies this was in Wyoming. So the boonies are really the boonies at about 11 p.m. about suspicious activity. When we get there, we are told by the family living there that there are very strange screams coming from a creek area about 1,000 feet out. And sure enough, waiting outside on the porch with them for about a minute, I hear it. It is very hard to describe what it sounded like. It was like a woman in very severe distress, but higher pitched. And each scream lasted for about 10-15 seconds. It never sounded like it was saying anything. It just sounded like a cry of sheer terror. And it repeated again. We tell the family we are going to investigate. So we just walk down to the creek since it was nice out. We hear about two more screams, getting louder as we approach the creek. By now, 
We're both kind of freaked out. There are two possibilities. Someone is getting murdered maimed in the creek bed. Or it's a wild animal. As we approach the creek bed, we hear no screams for about five minutes. We search around and find nothing, yelling at the top of our lungs for somebody to come towards if they are there. Then, we hear the exact same scream behind us, exactly from where we came from. We get about halfway back to the house, and the scream comes so loudly it seems to be right next to us. We frantically shine our flashlights everywhere and find nothing. No eye glints of animals, no rustling of bushes, just silence. We trace our steps back, and the scream comes from around the creek again. This time, it lasted about 30 seconds, and was much louder than before. Our retreat becomes a little more hastened. By this time we were both scared shitless and verified with the family to call us again if they heard it. They never called again, and we got the hell out of there. I still don't know what it was. As an avid outdoorsman, I know no animal makes a cry like that. Especially one that can move stealthily without being spotted by flashlights. Something else that weirded me out was that it was completely silent while the screams were happening. During summer in Wyoming, there is always some type of ambient animal sounds. Frogs croaking, crickets chirping, owls hooting, coyotes howling etc. But there was nothing, until we were leaving and the screams had stopped. Then a frog started croaking, it gives me the creeps just thinking about it still. My mom was a police officer, she tells the story of an old woman who called the police almost weekly complaining that there was a ghost in her house. They go in, check it out, and tell her they couldn't find anything. One day, one of the guys on her squad gets dispatched to this lady's house. He busts in worriedly, and asks if she has a two-liter bottle. She nods back solemnly with wide eyes and empties out a coke bottle she had. Madam, I am gonna have to ask you to wait outside. It could get messy. She runs outside to the front porch. The cop walks upstairs, lights up a cigarette and blows the smoke into the two-liter's bottle. He chills for a minute or two, then comes running out of the house, triumphantly holding the smoke-filled bottle, screaming I've got the ghost, I've got the ghost. He threw it into the back of his crown vic, and sped off. They never got a call from the lady again. Yes actually, really ducking weird back when I was working as a cop on a military base. I loved working night shift didn't deal with 99% of the bullshit that day shift dealt with and what little stuff we did deal with was usually really interesting. Well most every building on a base is alarmed and the alarms are tied right into the desk so we know the instant they go off. When we get an alarm activation, we close the base, and go check the building, pull on all the doors, see if we can get in, if we can, we go into the building and secure it, check all the doors, and corners to see if someone set the alarm off, well one night I was on patrol with my alpha partner and we, get called to respond to an alarm activation at the elementary school, so we go, secure the building, and call in that the building is all secure, no problem, keep patrolling. So about 15-20 minutes go by and we get another alarm, activation, we get back out there and check and now there is a maintenance door open that leads into a boiler roomish thing, nothing in it, we close it, lock it and get out. Another 20 minutes, and another alarm, we respond, all the, doors are still locked and we can't get in, maintenance door is locked, call in the all clear. This time my buddy and I sit on opposite sides of the school and watch to see if someone is coming and yanking the doors real hard to set the alarm off. We sit there and watch, nothing happens and right as we're about to leave, another alarm activation as we're sitting there. We inform the desk that we'd like the building manager on site to help us secure the interior and to let us in. This is like now 3 am. Building custodian shows up and we start doing a walkthrough. 
checking all the classrooms and checking all the maintenance rooms and that's when we see one of the maintenance doors open with the lights on in the room. Now this room is literally the size of a closet. We walk down there and look in. No one's in it and that door is locked when it closes. We look in there and we find a single footprint of a bare foot made of water left foot as a recall of a small child. Freak the living hell out of us because no one reported a missing child and the entire building was clear and still locked up. No one left, no one entered and we checked every inch of that damn place literally a 3 hour deep sweep, including ceiling tiles, freaked the ever loving shit out of us and to this day, my partner refuses to go into that school. Speaking of which, schools are really ducking spooky when they're empty. Police officer here. One evening about 8 years ago it was pouring outside and we got a call from an elderly woman seems to be a common theme in this thread. She called in and said that she was hearing footsteps in her house and she thought there was a ghost inside because she regularly heard the sound of someone walking upstairs but she lived alone. We went just to check it out and make sure that everything was okay. She stayed on the line with the 911 operator because she was frightened. About 3 minutes after she initially called in, she said that there was actually a man standing outside in her backyard, staring at her through her sliding glass door, petrified. The woman froze in that spot and continued to stare directly the man. For the next minute or two she said that he was just standing there, still as could be, staring at her. Eventually the man slunk off out of sight. When we arrived, about 12 minutes after the call first came in, we went to the front door. I remained in the foyer with the woman and the other officer went to the backyard to see if the man was still hiding out or if there were any traces of him. I spoke with her for several minutes until the other officer returned. He said there was no trace of anyone having been in the backyard. We set off to do a quick sweep before we left to make sure the house was all clear in her living room the room that has the sliding glass door we discovered a trail of mud and footprints inside the house i asked the woman if she had been outside at all that day or if anyone had been over to visit her she said no that she lived alone and that no one had come by to visit the woman was very old probably around 85 and had very poor eyesight and was hard of hearing as elderly people tend to be the woman obviously had seen the man's reflection and mistakenly thought he was in front of her on the other side of the glass in her backyard in reality he had been standing only a few feet behind her in the same room while she had been talking to 911 nothing was stolen broken or out of place so we don't know what his intentions were who knows what would have happened had she not stayed on the line with the operator i know it sounds like something out of a campfire story but it was honestly one of the most unnerving and creepy experiences i have had while on duty florida police officer here i had an older lady call that she was trapped in her house when i arrived i observed a white powder poured out in a half circle in front of her door i knocked she spoke through a nearby window she explained that a voodoo priest had put a hex on her and trapped her in the house she claimed that if she crossed over the powder her back would break i told her to sit on her couch and wait i would be back soon i went to a store where i knew the clerk i borrowed a bucket and broom returning to the lady's house i filled the bucket from a garden hose while saying the lord's prayer loud enough for her to hear inside swept and rinsed the powder away i then told her it was safe she opened the door and asked what i I had done i told her i had gone to a church for holy water and had a priest bless the broom she was so happy she hugged me for a long time i got the name and location of the voodoo priest from her i was able to find him later in my shift i got in his face and told him if he bothered that lady again i'd kick his ass and take him to jail we will not allow harassment scamming or preying on the elderly my dad spent his whole career as a copper and is the stereotypical straightforward bloke with it who has little time 
for anything you might label as paranormal. That said, he describes one event from about 20 years ago that he can't explain. One late afternoon in autumn he was patrolling with a colleague in Newbury, Berkshire, UK when they were radioed and asked to check out reports of a fight on the rural outskirts of town. Apparently sounds of an altercation had been heard. Coming from a field of all places and locals were concerned, but hadn't been able to describe or give any more info. When they got to the field in question, my dad and his colleague hopped the fence and headed inwards, not immediately seeing or hearing anything. It was gloomy and a little misty at ground level, but apparently just about enough light was left in the day to see there wasn't obviously anyone about. Apparently they gave the field a sweep and were on their way back to the car when, as my dad describes it, suddenly all went mental, shouting, screaming, and the sounds of an almighty fight completely surrounded him. Even though he was stood in a field completely empty apart from his colleague, he says three things in particular stick with him. Firstly, that he wasn't scared shitless at the time perhaps he would say that, just sort of hugely confused. Secondly the look on his colleague's face that, basically said WTF, you're hearing this too right. And finally that after a short time the sounds just stopped and they made their way back to the car and called in to say nothing was going on. When pushed he admits it felt like he was in the middle of something significant, and that he thinks he felt and not just, heard the fighting around him, and with hindsight he was more frightened after the event than at the time. He would never describe this as paranormal himself. But to me this always sounded like a replay type event people talk about and subsequently learning about the civil war history of the specific area in question backs this up for me at least i've not heard of other accounts of similar stories from the area but i haven't looked that hard to be honest not a police officer story but a paranormal story i've posted it before in previous threads but it'll post it here again as it might be what you are looking for in general i had just turned 22 and my parents had sold their house and purchased a place out in the country on the property there was a big shed not far from the house that i decided to turn into my place now i felt kind of uncomfortable in the shed sometimes but my dog kept me company so it wasn't so bad anyway i had been in there maybe two weeks and one night i'm on the computer my dog asleep at my feet and I need to pee so I get up and go outside to piss. It's a beautiful clear night and the stars were incredible. Next thing I hear the shed door slam, behind me. I turn immediately and try to open it but it won't budge. Now, from inside the shed I can hear my dog start to growl, quietly at first then louder. Now he's barking and I am panicking trying to get the door open. I must mention that I am 6 foot 5 and well built, play sports etc. But even ramming my full weight into the door won't open it and I am really panicking now as my dog sparks turned into whines, then whimpering, then silence and with all my might I slam into the door and it flies open. The light is off inside now and it's pitch black. It won't turn back on and I am in complete darkness. Can't see my dog anywhere and I stumble around, trying to find a torch. Finally I find it and pick it up and turn on my flashlight and I wasn't prepared for what I'd see next. My dog had literally squashed itself into the furthest, darkest, corner of the room. Eyes closed and is shaking violently. I immediately moved towards him and as soon as I got within reach of him, he leapt at me into my arms and wouldn't move. I picked him up and I swear I've never ran so fast in my goddamn life. I never never stepped foot in that shed ever again and my dog wouldn't even go near that part of the property. I don't know what happened in that shed that night but I'll never forget it. I avoid sheds now. I had a few very strange experiences working at the hospital. I have tons of stories about working at the hospital, but I'll post one of the strangest and if you want to hear more, let me know I have dozens. The hospital was made up of several buildings, mostly mid-20th century. There was a large seven-story building with offices and accommodation for student nurses Simpson Hall. A large central administration building with eight wings for patients and a forensic criminally insane unit per the building. A new building under construction to replace the old Victorian building Mount Hope. A building with a gym, 
kitchen, dining room and swimming pool Hubel building, two small outlying buildings for children and adolescents POW and MCU and then, the old insane asylum de Wolf building built in 1856, 20, ceilings, 200 pounds oak and steel doors, 1824 thick walls, underground tunnels, everything you've ever thought an old Victorian insane asylum would be. When I first started working there, in 1992, my job was to go, from the guard post in the Hubel building, down into the basement, unlock the steel doors leading to the tunnel system, lock myself into the tunnel system, walk along to the DeWolf, building, go through another set of steel gates, locking myself inside, walk the tunnel system to the end and then go up in an elevator I called down using a special key, then I'd go up to the, fourth floor and walk through each floor checking doors until I got to the main floor where I'd walk out of the main entrance and back to the Hubel building outside, I had to do this roughly, every hour, in 1995, the building closed and patients were moved into the, new Mount Hope building because the space was no longer being used and because the building was slated to be demolished in 1996, they didn't bother heating it, it had no power, and maintenance had been through and stripped it of things like light bulbs, etc. A lot of the old furniture was left in place as they had bought new stuff for the new building. One of the things that also happened was they shut off power to the elevators and had all the phones removed. Now I know that every phone was removed because I was the guy who went through with the guy from the phone company in late summer and removed every single phone from the place. So it's the winter of 1995 and I am working a back shift. 7 p.m. 7 a.m. I was a shift supervisor and had three guards on the ground with me and one locked in the forensic unit. Around 2 a.m. we get a call from the hospital operator saying that the police had called her to let her know they were getting calls from inside the DeWolf building. She had, of course, told them that was impossible and why. They insisted that they were getting calls from inside the DeWolf building. So the four of us go into the building and each take a floor of the building and search it. Now it was the dead of winter and temperatures had been getting fairly low 20c or so and there had been a pipe burst about a week before which maintenance had dealt with interesting story there too but it had left two floors entirely coated in ice there was ice on everything that was about three thick and shadows were bouncing everywhere from the flashlights hitting ice so we're walking through the building checking every unit every floor eyeballing every empty phone jack nothing we get back to the guard post and report that the building is empty 10 minutes later, the operator calls back and says that there are more calls coming from DeWolf and the police are insisting we find the cause. So back over we go. I was about 10, away from the nursing station on a unit called N16 and the operator calls to say that there is a call active right now coming from the N16 nursing station. I go rushing over to see, and there's nothing in there no person, no phone. I tell the operator where I am and there's nothing in there. She says that it's now coming from the N16 lounge which is way down the other end of the unit. So I go rushing down there and again nothing now it's coming from the n16 elevator phone and this time it's not just dead air but it sounds like someone talking with their hand over the phone so i go rushing back down to the other end of the unit this is a good 60 seconds or so of running big building and i am standing outside the closed unpowered elevator doors and she is saying that the calls are coming in every few seconds from the elevator i am standing in front of then they stop we all decide to wait inside the building one person per floor for a few minutes until we know things have stopped. We waited maybe 15 minutes and as we start to leave, the phone calls start again. One more trip around the building and same results. Eventually we said we couldn't waste any more time on it and it must be a technical glitch. The operator puts in a call to the phone company and requests an engineer first thing next morning. I was supposed to go home at 7am my last back shift. So I was starting four days off. 
but I stayed to meet the engineer cause I was curious. The engineer said the lines had likely been reassigned and the calls were coming from real people wherever the lines had been put. So we go into the old building and check the junction box and the engineer gets a puzzled look on his face. He hooks up some equipment and is talking back to someone at the phone company. He starts checking connections and numbers. Then we start walking around the building and plugging his phone into the jacks. Turns out that none of the lines had been reassigned and they were all live. Here's the strange part that day. The engineer and the phone company killed all the lines. The phone calls continued off and on for two more weeks and then stopped. We never did find out the cause. We got a call of trespassers at an abandoned hospital during the daytime. There was on-site security who kept it secure even though it was shut down. They swore they heard footsteps and talking on the second floor over the past few days. They locked down the entire perimeter and called us out there. There was no way out. We went in there with six officers and started from the seventh floor and systematically checked every single room down to the bottom floor. There was no power so we were lucky it was still daylight and there were a lot of windows. It was an older hospital so they left old CRT monitors from the 1980s and 90s in there. It was pretty eerie and reminded me a lot of the first scenes from The Walking Dead. We cleared down from floors 7 to 5 no problem. Once we hit the fourth floor it started getting weird. This was the hospital storage area. Instead of the big spacious rooms it was super cramped and cinder block walls. There were chain link cages all over the place with old locks on it. It seriously looked like a horror movie prisoner area where they locked victims up. It was also pitch black. The hospital was so big that we worked in two-man groups on each floor but naturally split up as the floors opened up more. The third floor was a mental ward area so the padded walls and pitch dark rooms started to get me a little nervous. The second floor was by far the worst the surgery ward. There were no windows. Again it was pitch black. And there were large eerie operating rooms all over. In the middle of a some of the rooms were large metal slabs where they would operate on people. I am adjoining rooms they had huge pegboards where they stored the surgery power tools. How did I know it was power tools? They had marked the outlines of various drills, saws, and other painful looking devices. It was kind of freaky thinking about about how many people had died in those rooms when they couldn't save them. I was definitely nervous clearing those rooms solo in pitch black with only a flashlight. We eventually cleared every single room on every single floor and found nothing. The security guards swore up and down they always heard talking and footsteps down the halls though. We pretty much swore off that place and said not to call us anymore. I recently started working as a security guard and one of my first assignments was the graveyard shift at a new housing development outside of town. Over the course of the three nights I worked there, I had some pretty bizarre things happen. While doing my patrols through the neighborhood, I would often see people watching me from the upper windows of the vacant houses. But when I would enter the house to investigate, they would be empty. One of the first things on my to-do list when I arrived on site was to go through the eight model homes next to the real estate office and turn off all the lights and TVs. The first night, this part went smoothly, but the following night, as I was making my way through the kitchen of the fourth house, I heard the light switch click and all the lights in the kitchen went out. It wasn't a power surge or a blown breaker. As all the appliances were still on and all the little green lights underneath the light switches were still lit. A few minutes later, I heard another click and the light lights came back on, followed by the lights in the next house going out, but the TV remaining on. By the time I made my way to the next house, the lights were back on, but the TV was in standby only possible by hitting the button on the front. As I was finishing up in the last house, I looked out the window and saw that the second and third houses were lit up again. The third night, the light situation got weirder. The lights would either turn off or on in a room as I entered and in one house. As I entered the kitchen, the hood light over the stove turned on. As I turned to look at it, I heard a series of clicks coming from the second floor, as if someone were running through the house turning on the lights. When I went up there, sure enough, many of the lights I had turned off were back on. 
In another house, a desk lamp turned itself back on three times. Another lamp in the same house that had a dimmer slowly started lighting up right in front of me. Now, four, the worst events as I was walking past one of the construction sites, I saw what appeared to be a skunk walk behind the porta potty. When it walked back out, however, it looked more like a black Shizu. It proceeded to change size, shape, and color several more times right in front of me. Doberman, Bloodhound, Dan Mastiff. Then finally a yellow lab before running off into the dark. I am willing to concede all of these can either be chalked up to my mind eyes playing tricks or a timer gone haywire I was assured there wasn't one, but this last one defies logical explanation. As I was walking back to the office around 2.30, I glanced up at one of the houses. As I did, something hit me in between my left peck and shoulder, hard, hard enough to stagger me. I weigh 250 pounds, so I am not exactly little. It felt as if someone were walking the opposite direction on the sidewalk and shoved their way past me. I have since asked my supervisors not to assign me to that site again. Thanks for watching. Don't leave before leaving a like to this video, also hit the subscribe button to support my work. And as always, have a horrific nightmare my dear.